Housing Hour with Kevin Ray continues, helping you understand what's really going on out there and what to do about it. Again, Kevin Ray. Welcome back into the Housing Hour. Again, it's Kevin Ray. We're talking here with Eric Ainge. I'm in studio with Mark Griffith, our executive producer and co-host, along with Eric Ainge. The Eric Ainge Show is on the Sports Animal 99.1. What's your all's official call letters and everything? Over there. WNML. Yes, WNML. Nine to noon. Nine to noon every day. You can also listen to the podcasts um, as well, which are great. So um, it's hard sometimes to be, I can listen to the beginning of the show, but sometimes I can't listen to all of it. So I'll go back and listen later. It's very user friendly. You can just go to the website. No problem at all. Um, and check it out. Um, he does a great job and him and Brian Rice are a great duo. Brian um, uh, was well, Let's not give Brian too much credit. <laughs> Speaking of great leader, did I? Can I? Let me tell you how great I am. Just kidding, of course. No, but he was, uh, you know, he, he was pretty accurate. He had it pretty pegged um, on what he expected to happen. He was calling for twenty-eight to thirty-eight, I think, um, in fa- in favor of West Virginia. Uh, but anyway, regardless, well, if of, if you go back and look at the football game, mm-hmm. and it and it holds true for. The games that we watched uh, this past week in Kentucky when they beat Florida. Mm-hmm. In all three of the big games that they lost last year, West Virginia under Will Greer, in all three of those football games, he at halftime, they were they were losing. Mm-hmm. And they had scored like seven to max like 10, maybe 13 points. Mm-hmm. Which against us, sure enough, they had 13. Probably could have held them to 10, you know what I mean? But they had 13 points, so... Right, it's the third quarter that in TCU, um, Virginia Tech, Oklahoma State, because West Virginia came out in the third quarter and they put ten to fourteen points on every one of them. Yeah, but those teams matched their third quarter, mm. or at least were close enough that you had a tight one score ball game at most heading into the fourth quarter. Yeah, and then you know they were able to go win the quarter and, and win the football game. I just I knew after we started that third period, and you could kind of tell that they had it. Fig- they got us figured out a little bit, and they were going to take their chances and their shots. And we weren't really getting to the quarterback. They just were way too comfortable. And I was like, "Crap!" Our offensively is our, our only hope is to just, you know, the guy hits the three, and there's two minutes left in the basketball game, and then you come down and bah, you you answer and you hit one right there, momentum killer. Yeah, we had to go answer. Yeah, in that football game. And that's a lot of that's a lot of pressure and a lot of intensity on a lot of first time starters, young players to be like, hey, if you don't score on this drive, there's a good chance this game's going to get out of control. Yeah, and and um, also not we don't want to beat up anybody. I mean, I just like looking at the game plan and what happened and what didn't happen and all that good stuff. And you mentioned off air that um, I think don't put words in your mouth, but when you're a new offensive coordinator at a new school with a new group of individuals you know your play calling is going to improve over the season you know it's not like you're going to be able to come in immediately and know just exactly how your players are going to react to adversity you know maybe in an uh, maybe this week you know helton maybe would have done a few things differently well we all can say that hindsight's 2020 i can look back at decisions i've made so i think that he's going to call better plays going forward because he's able to had he's had two games under his belt and he can know how Jarrett's going to react or how Jordan's going to react. I mean, we've got some studs over there, um, but they have to work cohesively. And the offense is not, 
I'm not worried. That that's the thing. Last year, I was really worried about both the offense and the defense. This year, I'm not as worried at all about the offense. The defense, I know that the person who's leading it is the best that the business has in Jeremy Pruitt. So there's no doubt in my mind. I mean, they've got let, the crew. Let me ask you guys this. Okay, so I, you know, like I said, each week my I feel my role is to lay out the path to evolve victory. Mm-hmm. You know, if the good guys are going to go get a win this weekend, what has to happen? How does it need to look? And I remember my keys. That's these. I remember. I remember something. Um, my first key to that game was game one fundamentals, blocking and tackling. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the first time you're going against somebody other than yourself. And in those games, the teams that block and tackle better almost always win. Mm. You know, or you could even make it just like a less sloppy. You know, no, play no, the game. Yeah, no hand. Game. Yeah, so if you're going to actively, and I know the kid's hurt, so I'm not beating up on Kennedy. I'm not, he's down, I'm not kicking him, but mm. he actively got out of the way to let the D right. tackle get the quarterback on right. the first play. So there's your tone setter, App State, mm-hmm. your senior All American punt returner drops the punt on the opening drive, mm-hmm. and it set the tone for a sloppy, uninspired game and performance, I don't think we blocked and tackled well at all in that game. We're mm-hmm. going to play seven or eight teams that are more physical than West Virginia this mm-hmm. year. Run game, and the next one was run game. We mm-hmm. have to be able to establish a run because that makes it easier for the quarterback and the and the play caller. I mean, right. if you can run the football, then in that third and four uh, play that you brought up where we needed to, needed to move the chains, you feel way more comfortable calling those pass plays. And I thought that, you know, overall Helton was too cautious mm-hmm. with Garantano. I thought he proved, I mean, really in spring and all through summer, you guys know how high I've been on Garantano for a long time, just mm-hmm. for all the reminds me of my third off season in college and making mm-hmm. a lot of, you know, transition transformations mentally, you know, from a leadership standpoint, all that kind of stuff. He looks bulky. I mean, he's, he's, got, he's worked he's really hard, but neck up is, and I think you're seeing that too. You're, you're seeing the neck up progress mm-hmm. as well with him on the field, but we did not run the football well enough in that game yeah. to really, Still had to really rusher, but you're right. We, we did. But even in that game, it tra- turned around and bit, Tim Jordan in the butt the very next week, and yeah. Pruitt said it after the first game and the second game. Quit trying. This isn't high school. You you can't right. bounce everything. I mean, there there oh, there's yeah. so. And then my last one was limit first down production. I went and watched all their explosive pass plays West Virginia last year, mm-hmm. and I'd say sixty to seventy percent of them were on run run downs mm. first and ten. And if you go back and look at our game, they had two two of their touched two of his four touchdowns were on first and 10. Mm, yeah. You know, and like that's the the bend don't break mentality that our guys as they get older can take from that is hey, if it's third and 5 and they complete, you know, even on that uh, third down play that the kid caught the 59-yarder that we talked about with, yeah, where right. Abernathy took the bad angle and the yeah. guy was in the way. Yeah. If they just make that tackle, yeah, it's a first down. Mm-hmm. And it was third down, you know, that's like, ah, oh, crap. But then you turn right back around and now you have another first and 10 opportunity and you got to be thinking take a shot right be firm and that they and they're thinking downfield they're going to try to get you on first down and then you end up if they're incomplete that's why they're one of the last year that's why they were one of the worst 
third down teams in football, mm-hmm. even with Will Greer playing quarterback. Because they were like we've been so far this year, third and seven to third and ten or more. Yeah. Like always. Yeah. It's just not it's not realistic. Tom Brady and Peyton Manning they wouldn't do not that, move yeah. the chains on third and eight as often as they do on third and four. Right. You know, it's just it's just football. Well, and you know, like like I said, Helton, um, and I don't, I still don't know who called the plays at USC last year. <laughs> hey, it was him, yeah, Helton or T. But no re- one's ever done that. Yeah, but regardless, um, you know, on the first that particular, and I've come down to that one series because I think it was the defining moment in the game where we could not move the chains and we gave it back, and Will took it right down the field. And anyway, it, on the first play of that series we had we did a reverse to Palmer I think who's number 84 is it is Palmer it Palmer the kids got to stop switching numbers yeah I know I was confused but anyway um but anyway so he we did a reverse I don't think I've seen that that reverse again since then if I'm not mistaken but Again. They ran a fly sweep to him this past okay. weekend, and Callaway had that really good block down there when Palmer yeah, scored the yeah. touchdown. And I'm not a coach, so I don't. I know that they know. You're an doing. armchair coach. I'm an armchair coach. You're a Tennessee. You're a football fan. You're yes. that. You're allowed to be an armchair coach. Um, but in that in that situation, you know, we look at what happened, and I think that you know when we get into the, the meat of our schedule, which is coming just very quickly after UTEP. Um, I don't want to overlook UTEP, certainly, but uh, there's probably a good chance that we win that football game if we play the way we're capable of playing. But then you've got Florida, and Florida, yeah, they just lost to Kentucky, but you know who's going to be ready to play coming into Neyland is going to be 7 o'clock game. Dan Mullen is going to, I mean, you know, you lose to Kentucky, which hasn't happened since I was like 10 years old, and the Florida fans and the, the players, they're, they're going to be ready. If we come, if they come in here and we're two and one, and they come in here for a seven o'clock kick, that atmosphere, I already know how hard it is to get, I, you know, everyone, you know, they're texting me asking for, you know, tickets or if they can get tickets or, you know, I'll buy them. And I'm like, asking for yeah, well, and, I, and I'm like, hey, I'll tell you what I was told. Yeah. Allvols.com. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, you know what I mean. Like it's 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 crazy. Um, yeah, this it's gonna be like a, in my opinion, a two thousand, maybe not twelve. Do you remember how crazy that game was before we played it with uh, in Dooley's last year? Oh, we had beat we had yeah. beat NC State. College game day was here. We got thumped, and Trey Burton happened. Yeah, and was... it was. It was no, no bueno. Coming to the end of this segment, it goes by so fast. We're going to continue with Eric Ainge right after these messages. Hour with Kevin Ray continues, helping you understand what's really going on out there and what to do about it. Again, Kevin Ray. Welcome back into the Housing Hour. Again, it's Kevin Ray. We're talking here with Eric Ainge. I'm in studio with Mark Griffith, our executive producer and co-host, along with Eric Ainge. The Eric Ainge Show is on the Sports Animal 99.1. What's your all's official call letters and everything? Over there. WNML. Yes, WNML. Nine to noon. Nine to noon every day. You can also listen to the podcasts um, as well, which are great. So um, it's hard sometimes to be, I can listen to the beginning of the show, but sometimes I can't listen to all of it. So I'll go back and listen later. It's very user-friendly. You can just go to the website. No problem at all. 
um, and check it out. Um, he does a great job, and him and Brian Rice are a great duo. Brian um, uh, was... Well, Let's not give Brian too much credit. <laughs> Speaking of great leader, did I? Can I? Let me tell you how great I am. Just kidding, of course. No, but he was, uh, you know, he, he was pretty accurate. He had it pretty pegged um, on what he expected to happen. He was calling for twenty-eight to thirty-eight, I think, um, in fa- in favor of West Virginia. Uh, but anyway, regardless, well, if of, if you go back and look at the football game, mm-hmm. and it and it holds true for. The games that we watched uh, this past week in Kentucky when they beat Florida. Mm-hmm. In all three of the big games that they lost last year, West Virginia under Will Greer, in all three of those football games, he at halftime, they were they were losing. Mm-hmm. And they had scored like seven to max like 10, maybe 13 points. Mm-hmm. Which against us, sure enough, they had 13. Probably could have held them to 10, you know what I mean? But they had 13 points, so... Right, it's the third quarter that in TCU, um, Virginia Tech, Oklahoma State, because West Virginia came out in the third quarter and they put ten to fourteen points on every one of them. Yeah, but those teams matched their third quarter, mm. or at least were close enough that you had a tight one score ball game at most heading into the fourth quarter. Yeah, and then you know they were able to go win the quarter and, and win the football game. I just I knew after we started that third period, and you could kind of tell that they had it. Fig- they got us figured out a little bit, and they were going to take their chances and their shots. And we weren't really getting to the quarterback. They just were way too comfortable. And I was like, "Crap!" Our offensively is our, our only hope is to just, you know, the guy hits the three, and there's two minutes left in the basketball game, and then you come down and bah, you you answer and you hit one right there. Oh, momentum killer. Yeah, we had to go answer. Yeah, in that football game. And that's a lot of that's a lot of pressure and a lot of intensity on a lot of first time starters, young players to be like, hey, if you don't score on this drive, there's a good chance this game's going to get out of control. Yeah, and and um, also not we don't want to beat up anybody. I mean, I just like looking at the game plan and what happened and what didn't happen and all that good stuff. And you mentioned off air that um, I think don't put words in your mouth, but when you're a new offensive coordinator at a new school with a new group of individuals you know your play calling is going to improve over the season you know it's not like you're going to be able to come in immediately and know just exactly how your players are going to react to adversity you know maybe in an uh, maybe this week you know helton maybe would have done a few things differently well we all can say that hindsight's 2020 i can look back at decisions i've made so i think that he's going to call better plays going forward because he's able to had he's had two games under his belt and he can know how Jarrett's going to react or how Jordan's going to react. I mean, we've got some studs over there, um, but they have to work cohesively. And the offense is not, I'm not worried that that's the thing. Last year, I was really worried about both the offense and the defense. This year, I'm not as worried at all about the offense. The defense, I know that the person who's leading it is the best that the business has in Jeremy Pruitt. So there's no doubt in my mind. I mean, they've got let, the crew. Let me ask you guys this. Okay, so I, you know, like I said, each week my, I feel my role is to lay out the path to evolve victory. Mm-hmm. You know, if the good guys are going to go get a win this weekend, what has to happen? How does it need to look? And I remember my keys. That's these. I remember. <laughs> I remember something. Um, my first key to that game was game one fundamentals, blocking and tackling. Mm-hmm. 
Do you know it's the first time you're going against somebody other than yourself? And in those games, the teams that block and tackle better almost always win. Mm. You know, or you could even make it just like a less sloppy. You know, first no, play no, of the game. Yeah, no hand. Game. Yeah. So if you're gonna actively, and I know the kid's hurt, so I'm not beating up on Kennedy. I'm not. He's down. I'm not kicking him, but mm. he actively got out of the way to let the deep right. tackle get the quarterback on right. the first play. So there's your tone setter, App State, mm-hmm. your senior All-American punt returner drops the punt on the opening drive, mm-hmm. and it set the tone for a sloppy, uninspired game and performance i don't think we blocked and tackled well at all in that game we're mm-hmm. going to play seven or eight teams that are more physical than west virginia this mm-hmm. year run game and the next one was run game we mm-hmm. have to be able to establish a run because that makes it easier for the quarterback and the and the play caller i mean right. if you can run the football then in that third and four uh play that you brought up where we needed to needed to move the chains you feel way more comfortable Calling those pass plays, and I thought that you know overall Helton was too cautious mm-hmm. with Garantano. I thought he proved, I mean, really in spring and all through summer. You guys know how high I've been on Garantano for a long time. Just mm-hmm. for all the reminds me of my third off season in college and making mm-hmm. a lot of you know transition transformations mentally, you know, from a leadership standpoint, all that kind of stuff. He looks bulky. I mean, he's, he's, got, he's worked he's really hard, muscle. but neck up is, and I think you're seeing that too. You're, you're seeing the neck up progress mm-hmm. as well with him on the field, but we did not run the football well enough in that game yeah. to really, Still had to really rusher, but you're right. We, we did. But even in that game, it tried, turned around and bit Tim Jordan in the butt the very next week and yeah. Pruitt said it after the first game and the second game. Quit trying this isn't high school. You you can't right. bounce everything. I mean there there oh, there's yeah. so and then my last one was limit first down production. I went and watched all their explosive pass plays West Virginia last year. Mm-hmm. And I'd say sixty to seventy percent of them were on run run downs mm. first and 10 and if you go back and look at our game they had two two of their touchdown two of his four touchdowns were on first and 10 mm. yeah you know and like that's the the bend don't break mentality that our guys as they get older can take from that is hey if it's third and five and they complete you know even on that uh, third down play that the kid caught the 59 yarder that we talked about with, yeah, where right. abernathy took the bad angle and the yeah. guy was in the way yeah. If they just make that tackle, yeah, it's a first down. Mm-hmm. And it was third down. You know, that's like, ah, oh, crap. But then you turn right back around, and now you have another first and 10 opportunity. And you got to be thinking, take a shot. Right. Be firm. And that they're, and they're thinking downfield. They're going to try to get you on first down. And then you end up, if they are incomplete, that's why they're one of the, last year, that's why they were one of the worst third down teams in football. Mm-hmm. Even with Will Greer playing quarterback. Because they were like we've been so far this year, third and seven to third and ten or more. Yeah, like always. Yeah, it's just not. It's not realistic. Tom Brady and Peyton Manning, they wouldn't do not that, move yeah. the chains on third and eight as often as they do on third and four. Right. You know, it's just it's just football. Well, and you know, like like I said, Helton, um, and I don't, I still don't know who called the plays at USC last year. <laughs> hey, it was him, yeah, Helton or T. But no re- one's ever done that. Yeah, but regardless, um, you know, on the first that particular, and I've come down to that one series because I think it was the defining moment in the game where we could not move the chains and we gave it back, and Will took it right down the field. And anyway, it, on the first play of that 
series, we had we did a reverse to Palmer, I think. Who's number 84? Is it is Palmer? It Palmer. The kid's got to stop switching numbers. Yeah, I know. I was confused. But anyway, um but anyway, so he we did a reverse. I don't think I've seen that that reverse again since then, if I'm not mistaken. But Again. They ran a fly sweep to him this past okay. weekend, and Callaway had that really good block down there when Palmer yeah, scored the yeah. touchdown. And I'm not a coach, so I don't. I know that they know. You're an doing. armchair coach. I'm an armchair coach. You're a Tennessee. You're a football fan. You're yes. that. You're allowed to be an armchair coach. Um, but in that in that situation, you know, we look at what happened, and I think that you know when we get into the, the meat of our schedule, which is coming just very quickly after UTEP. Um, I don't want to overlook UTEP, certainly, but uh, there's probably a good chance that we win that football game if we play the way we're capable of playing. But then you've got Florida, and Florida, yeah, they just lost to Kentucky, but you know who's going to be ready to play coming into Neyland is going to be 7 o'clock game. Dan Mullen is going to, I mean, you know, you lose to Kentucky, which hasn't happened since I was like 10 years old, and the fa- Florida fans and the, the players, they're, they're going to be ready. If we come, if they come in here and we're 2-1, and one, and they come in here for a 7 o'clock kick, that atmosphere, I already know how hard it is to get, I, you know, everyone, you know, they're texting me asking for, you know, tickets or if they can get tickets or, you know, Your I'll buy them. And I'm like, asking for yeah, well, and, I, and I'm like, hey. I'll tell you what I was told. Yeah. Allvols.com. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, you know what I mean. Like it's 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 crazy. Um, yeah, this it's gonna be like a, in my opinion, a two thousand, maybe not twelve. Do you remember how crazy that game was before we played it with uh, in Dooley's last year? Oh, we had beat we had yeah. beat NC State. College game day was here. We got thumped, and Trey Burton happened. Yeah, and was... it was. It was no, no bueno. Coming to the end of this segment, it goes by so fast. We're going to continue with Eric Ainge right after these messages. Hour with Kevin Ray continues, helping you understand what's really going on out there and what to do about it. Again, Kevin Ray. Welcome back into the Housing Hour. The quarterback, is... the quarterback of the program. <laughs> That's right. I'm I'm fine being second string if you want to take over. No, you can be. Hey, I was going to say I'm I'm going to be the most popular guy on campus now. I'm the backup. <laughs> <laughs> this is your this is your show. That's awesome. Well, we're talking with Eric Ainge. He's given us his analysis and giving us the path to victory for the Vols. And you like how I said that? That's, oh, I that's like what that. you do. Um, and that actually makes a lot of sense. I mean, Brian, you know, has, I think, a little bit more uh, ability in frame in the framework where he is on your show to maybe be a little bit, and I don't want to say this to sound like he's not being honest or that you're not being honest, but, you know, we can all be critical. We can be critical of the balls if we'd like to. We, you know, Vince... I've heard him on shows not be critical, but he's just being very X's and O's. There's just a way you talk about it that people can look at it and say, oh, you're wearing, you know, ball color or, you know, orange color glasses. When really you're saying, hey, here's what I see. This is my perspective. And here's the way I call it. And here's how I see it. Well, you also come to piggyback on that, Kevin. It's it's how you are as a person mm-hmm. and what you're made of as a person is often how you fan in tough moments. Mm-hmm. And I think that in general, 
and I don't know that I've always been this way, but definitely with everything I've been through in life, I'm a glass half full, generally positive, optimistic kind of guy. Mm-hmm. So when I watch a football game, yeah, of course there are things that need to be addressed. Mm-hmm. Just because we don't spend you know hours just you know driving it into the ground, right, <laughs> doesn't mean that we're saying you know, like the yeah. the O line has been playing good enough, right. You know what I mean? Like right. I also I, f- I feel like one thing that I do often is I see things that are storylines in the media mm-hmm. and it's not this is not a shot at, at our we actually have fantastic local media for the most part here covering our football team for the most part they do a great job um, but even then th- they didn't play right and that's and that's not a slight to them at all it's not. But what it is, is it's, I can see how sometimes you watch these storylines, you know, like the center got hurt and then, you know, so now what's going to happen? Well, I really don't think that makes that big of a difference if Ryan Johnson at guard is comparable to Carvin or Johnson mm-hmm. at guard. Right. Are you really any worse, you know, with Ryan and those two? Like, I just, of course, of course it matters, but it's not the end of the world. There are so many other things they have to fix before they get there. Mm-hmm. I think the the key for, for us, you guys, whoever's, you know, doing media, you know, talk radio, TV, you need to sound the same. When I walk to go get some Lenny's or long, go see, you know, Hank over at Long's Drugstore or I'm over at the the mall and people ask, I mean, I get stopped. Probably five to ten times a day. My bad. I'm saying, well, no, but I mean, and, and I, I enjoy it, but if I don't sound the same to them yeah. as I do on the air, yeah. then I then I just you I just lo- I just lost uh, you know just lost somebody. So, and you guys know me, I'm way too ADD, mm. and I've been hitting the head a lot, <laughs> and life has hit me in the head a lot. Yeah. If I'm lying on the air, yeah. or or I'm blowing smoke and I don't really believe it, then you. I guarantee I'll forget it. Yeah, I you have to be that. honest. That's yeah. what, and that's what Jeff Jarnigan always tells us. He he just be fair. Mm-hmm. You know, if you get beat forty to fourteen, fair is going to sound kind of negative. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like, but you know, at the same time, I think people really like hearing the positives that did happen. Mm-hmm. It's never, you know, it's the old. You're never as good as it seems. You're never as bad as it seems. Right. You're. You know, the truth is somewhere in the middle. Yeah. Well, can I ask a question? Yeah. So, since Guys, let me know be... when I can get back in here. Well, I'm kidding. I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> well, let's talk about honesty. Uh, yeah. The opening of the uh, game ETSU. Yep. I mean, uh, Tennessee, first quarter was, what, negative one yard rushing? We started slow again. That's two games in a row. I think UTEP, we need to step it up and get the offense going you said that series. was a positive, or you said that was an honesty? Well, it's I honest. agree. So you're being, you're being so, honest. Yeah. So two games in a row, our offense was flat in the opening, whether it's I, an individual you know or. I, I guess I, you may be right. I don't remember that. I just remember us throttling them, but you may be no, right. No, no. First, right. first quarter, we were negative one yard rushing. Okay. Well, and I would say, in general, um, it's no different than if you're running a mortgage company or, or anything. If if the plan for whatever the goal is is an aggressor, you know, an aggressive plan, then naturally people are more aggressive. Mm-hmm. You know, like you know, in radio sales, like for what I do, if there's a spiff to get something sold, or you know, you make more money if you sell this. If you watch the sales department, well, then they work. They they go out and they're more aggressive in how they 
go try to get something done because it's you know that's what the team needs. It's no different in football. If you're sitting there back, you know, rushing three, dropping eight in coverage, playing prevent, never never being aggressive, then your players naturally play like that. Mm-hmm. And it's one of the reasons why I hate being exclusively under center or exclusively in the shotgun. I think you have to be able to do both. Yeah, because there's a time when you need to put a fullback in the game, and how good has Austin Pope been? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That kid was a 220 pound glorified wide receiver at CAK, yeah. and now he's big, got veins popping out of his arms, mm-hmm. and he's playing fullback. I love. He'll it. make a play for us out of that backfield. I love against a good team. When I see that, when I see that lineup, the way that I mean, the fans around me were so excited just to see that old I formation. You know, just power football, and I mean, certainly there there was, and there's so many emotions too coming into Neil and running through the T. There's just a lot happening, and I you know don't make excuses, but there's a lot of uh, energy that is expended in that whole vol walk pre-game hype you know you got to get settled in I, that's why i think there's a lot a little bit too much pomp and circumstance but i mean it is for the betterment of the whole entire you know school and what we're doing but you know they were a little flat but then you know they obviously took control of the game and they, they seem to have taken coaching in-game coaching yeah. in the first two weeks very well mm-hmm. for a new staff you know they, yep. they're able to fix things that, that was one thing that Butch Jones didn't do a good job of. Not everything he did was wrong. Yeah. But he did not do a good job of being able to see a problem and just fix it. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of that comes from football playing experience and play yeah. calling. And, it, and he was never coordinator. Well, when the delay hit, Tennessee wasn't looking good at all. When we came back out, something was said in that locker well, room it was during that break. Similar to what happened with West Virginia last week, actually. But, but we didn't come out hot after that. Right, but that's what I'm saying. It's similar to what West Virginia experienced last week, is that they got into the locker room and made some key adjustments. And then when they came back from the delay, it was like fire away, bombs away. And they, they did, um, just like Tennessee when we came out of the rain delay, which I was just thinking, you got to be kidding me, it's rain delay. It didn't rain, again, not one drop for during the whole entire rain delay. But anyway, it was to say, it was for the safety of everybody. But when they came back from the delay, you know, everybody was just hitting on all cylinders. Um, and I, I saw a lot of positives. I mean, even um, our backup, Chris, is, oh, yeah. I mean, he had that one throw, which, I mean. God, that's honestly the heart. That, that was a heart. Like, yeah. Garantano's three throws he threw down the field. Two of them were perfect. Callaway and Palmer on the deep out and up. Mm-hmm. Um, and I knew he could do. I, I watched him throw a 65-yard dime to Callaway mm-hmm. in practice. Mm-hmm. I mean, the kid's got a, a plenty, right. plenty of arm. Yeah, he underthrew that one. But the one crossing route, and it's a little hard. You know, if, if you, when you make those big, we used to call it zone show. Mm-hmm. Uh, some NFL teams, a lot of them call it waggle. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, you fake the, the zone play, and then you kind of half boot back over the play side guard, mm-hmm. and you're deep because mm-hmm. you're taking a shot. You know, and it's like you got the deep one, the deep crossing route, and then someone in the flat, and it's just a three level flood. Mm-hmm. And. When you do that and you make that fake and you go back to set up, if you don't set up with your hips way in front of him where he's going to be, mm-hmm. then you end up doing what he did, which is you kind of set up more downfield where he's at right now, and he's running not only away from you, but away from you and at an angle. Right. You end up having to throw across your body a little bit, mm-hmm. and it ends up two yards behind him. If he would have set up more, and that's a simple fundamental thing mm-hmm. that 
I'm sure Helton will point out in meetings. Yeah, and, and he'll like, fix it immediately. Yeah, I didn't feel like uh, exactly. I felt like he he wasn't positionally in the right place, but also he had a guy coming right at. Well, him. I was going to say the reason he may have done that is yeah. he may not that like where wh- where to put my hips with right. the way the line's blocking right. <laughs> may not be a yeah. all that great of a thought process yeah. if you're the quarterback right now. Because when he let it go, um, there was two or three steps, and then of course we know what happened there. But um, I mean, but still, even then though, we still had we had a great beginning to end game. It was really nice seeing Randy Sanders come back. And Good the, on UT standing ovation. I love that. I went and got a picture with him before the game. That's cool. I yeah. just I love he's 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 honored, been awesome. They honored him and up on the jumbo. They did, and he actually acknowledged that he got distracted because of that. No kidding, I didn't hear. See, about we were sit, I was sitting with my son, and and we said Randy didn't even know that this went on. Yeah, he was, he's the he, he's he the biggest he, vol I know. Yeah, yeah, I know. You know what I mean? He's 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 yeah. diehard. I talked to him twice before the game during the week, and his keys to get to the game. You know what they were? What? No one on either side get hurt. Yeah. Right, right. Thanks for the check. We're not even going to come. We're not going to come on Friday. We're going to drive up on Saturday morning. Did they? Yeah, save money. You know, we we're helping. You know, Fulmer's helping the the ETSU. Like he, yeah. I mean, he helped get it started. And yeah, well, um, it's cool. Their was, family, as I far as I'm glad, concerned, I was glad to see that them honor him in that way. So, guys, stick around with us. We have one more segment. We'll be right back after these messages. Housing Hour with Kevin Ray continues, helping you understand what's really going on out there and what to do about it. Again, Kevin Ray. Welcome back into the Housing Hour. This is Kevin Ray, your host. I'm here with Mark Griffith, executive producer and co-host. And also in studio with us, we have Eric Ainge, who has the Eric Ainge Show Monday through Friday from 9 to 12 on WNML, the sports animal, 99.1. It's really good. Yeah, it's really, you should really try, good. You should try it. It's really good. Yeah, and that, that um, mortgage investors group is the sponsor of that show we're we're happy to have that uh partnership and we're we're grateful to have you in studio with us thank you for giving us the time so far everyone that i've sent over to mark ends up getting a mortgage there you go it's true <laughs> i'm serious right. he's he's yeah. bat he's batting a thousand and they always call me and for, uh, here's the deal if you're listening right now and you know me personally mm. as in you have my cell phone number or if i see you and you say hey i'll go hey what's going on and even if i don't remember your name i for sure know you if that's you and you don't use Mortgage Investors Group, you're dead to me. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> My friends and coworkers need to quit calling me and being like, hey, so I was going with this company and then they can't get it done. So now can I have... Yeah. You know, can Mark fix my problem? You know what I mean? I'm like, why don't you just make the call in the first right. place? Exactly. It's not that complicated. It's not that complicated. Just score more points than the other team. Come on. Yep. And it's just like we're, you know, Tennessee Strike is trying fast. to be. fast. <laughs> Tennessee is trying to be the number one team in the nation, and we are the number one lender in the state of Tennessee. So that's a good pair there. Um, so let's talk about the upcoming schedule because Tennessee hosts UTEP uh, at noon saturday uh and and we feel good about that so we we you know they're going to make some plays you mentioned they have some athletes a uh, canalis who was the quarterback coach here under butch jones yep. in his final season i guess final two seasons um is the head coach of utep correct no he's the offensive oh, coor- he's the offensive coordinator, coordinator. Okay. yeah he so he was i think the head coach at north texas doesn't that sound right Something like and him that. and yeah. and him and Butch knew each other because he came in here and then he came last. He was only here for one year. One he was year. The quarterback, the kid that went to um, 
Indiana with mm-hmm. DeBoard was their quarterback coach. Now he's the quarterback coach. So everyone got uh, mad that we didn't have a QB coach. Yeah. He's the quarterback coach at Indiana now. Mm-hmm. So it's not like he just randomly figured out right. some stuff. Right. You know, and Dobbs got better every year, so... Yeah. Uh, you know, it's funny that you bring up Dobbs because, you know, every year that I've ever watched Tennessee football, I've always felt that the quarterback, and I know everyone says that the quarterback is not the last resort. It's not where you win and lose games by. But yeah, I've always felt like we went with how good the quarterback was because he is the quarterback. And, you know, this year I feel like Garantano has the ability to take that next step. He's, he's passionate. He's, I love his emotions. I love that he has the respect of his teammates, but man, Josh Dobbs, I tell you what, he won games that we never would, would have, he single handedly, I think won probably games we won nine games, I guess, two years ago, right? Or eight, yeah, eight and four regular season, and then we won the ninth. And without Dobbs, I think we're a four, maybe maybe a four or five win team. So I think you're saying that he covered some of our issues well, that we started so. seeing. Yeah, he co- covered covered them up. Yeah, because had we had Dobbs last year, I think we still we win eight or nine games. Uh, take this into to account though. When you look at our football team right now, quarterback has this year and two more to play. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, guards and center both have two, two to three, some, you know, two to three seasons after this mm-hmm. left tackle, at least one, mm-hmm. you know, tra- you know, if yeah. not, you know, he'll only be a junior, um, scared me to death when he went down that West Virginia game. Well, I mean, you just have, you have so many guys, you know, you got Marquez Calloway. He has two more years after this. He's just a sophomore. Mm-hmm. Or is he a junior this year? Uh, he is he a, might be a junior. He's a junior. He's yeah, a junior. He's, so he's he has junior. this. He has this and one more. Yeah, he's Brandon like, he's Johnson's going to be here. Palmer's just a sophomore. Mm-hmm. You know, and that that doesn't include anybody else. Dominique Wood Anderson. I want to say he's a sophomore. No, no. Fr- he's a he's a is junior he a, college. He's a junior college guy. But does he only have two years to play? I think he only has two. Okay. Either way, yeah. Next year and potentially. The year after, and then we'll you see. Add to that with the recruiting. Every, yeah, like the yeah. guys, and I said it this morning on my show. The 2013 offensive line ended up being like they're all still playing in the NFL. Mm-hmm. In the NFL, but when they started for the first time together as a young offensive line in 2010 and 2011, they were terrible. Yeah. Well, that was the first year we actually recruited offensive linemen too yeah. <laughs> for a long time. Hey, those those fat guys are overrated," said Dooley. <laughs> yeah. We don't need those fat guys over here. We literally went a whole class without recruiting one single offensive lineman. That's right. But I think that sorry, big of- skill. If you're alignment out there, right? Big skill, right? But Pruitt understands the mentality that it takes to actually have a winning team and it's not one segment you have to have a whole roster stable full of people and you look at our our running backs you got ty chandler which i I think he did get hurt but then you also have um london who's not a lot of people have heard from yet but he's got a lot of possible um potential you also have banks and then jordan jordan is just a player man and i probably forgot about if he him. ever learns if he ever learns where to what what hole to hit yeah <laughs> he'll, he'll he'll hit his head on the goalpost. yeah he reminds me in his running a lot of jamal lewis and how he runs does he remind you all of i would say more john kelly yeah He's, just because, just because so Jamal, Jamal, different than Kelly and different than Jordan, also had breakaway speed. Yeah, and I'll never forget. The, I talked. I was talking to him about it one time, uh, and that's cool. We're honoring the '98 team for mm-hmm. the Florida game. But he said, "You want?" He goes, "Ainge, you want running backs that when they go through the line or they're in the open field, that are trying to pick one out." 
Mm. And I was like, what's, what's that mean? And he was like trying to find one that looks, you know, a little like a shark with blood in the water. And then you go run and put your shoulder down and just, you know, end their, you know, Day. emotional football career. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, like that's you highlight yeah. reel type yeah. stuff. If yeah, kind of like what um, Eric Berry did in reverse yes. to what's his name? No, Sean Marino. No, never, no show Moreno. Yeah. No, you're that's the mentality though. And you know who runs like that? And he's not even a running back, but is Juwan Jennings. When Juwan Jennings gets the ball, he is flailing his arms and he wants somebody to try to tackle him and he punishes whoever gets in his way. And credit him too. He's not really getting the ball right now, know, but and he's had to do so much to get back. He's still working on getting in football shape and all that kind of stuff, yeah. but he's out there blocking. Yeah. He's not complaining. Mm-hmm. He's just being a t- good teammate. Yeah. I just I like that. I, I'm good for good for deserves, good for him. Everybody and good for Kirkland chances. too. I love that he. Yeah. We, Mark, we were talking about that before the show. I love that he's having success and playing pretty good football. Yeah, I and mean, he had an interception Saturday. I think also pretty I good mean, stiff arm. Yeah, and I mean, I heard his name called a lot in the West Virginia game, but then I heard others tell me that he didn't play great. But he was also trying to get back in football shape and so forth. So I don't exactly. know. I, I'm not trying to to diagnose what he can and can't do, but I know we will need him coming up in the upcoming schedule. What about what happened to our old defensive lineman turned linebacker? Is he still playing? Which, um, which one? The one that uh, uh, the big guy that had the interception against Missouri for a touchdown. Why am I forgetting his name? Um, oh goodness. Shy, t- no, 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 not no. Tuttle. Kongbo. Oh, yeah. yeah. What oh, that's to, right. He, he needs to. Kongbo, Kongbo needs to show up. He's yeah. technically he's still a D lineman. I mean, they, they it's glorified. Yeah. So he lines up. What? He lines up outside outside the tackle. If so there's a tight end outside the tight end, he's the we call stand. him emole, which is the end man on the line of scrimmage. Yeah. If you're the emole, you're you're an end. Right. Unless it's a specific front where you like walk an actual. Four three Sam linebacker, mm-hmm. like when you slide the fr- the front weak, mm-hmm. you have to bring someone else down, and you, that's always the Sam linebacker that you bring in there to play right over the tight end. Mm-hmm. That, then technically that's the E mole, and he's a linebacker. But right, he's as long as Darrell Taylor is yeah. in the game, and as long as Kongbo's in the game, and they're the E mole, they're D end. Yeah. Have we had a field goal attempt? Um, I think so. I can't think of one. But well, we should get one that kicks them from thirty in, yeah. and one that we kicks sit. them from sixty Has there in. Been one? Mm-hmm. Has I don't, there I don't been recall. An I don't remember one. In we don't West have Virginia. Brian here right now, so we I don't. knew that. I knew that. I know, right? <laughs> it's like having it's like having football Bill Nye with you. <laughs> That's awesome. How many touchdowns did I throw in this game? And then he'll tell me, and I'll be like, Haha, "What about that Kentucky game in two thousand seven? I think you had seven. Yep. I force my I force my kids and their friends to watch my highlight DVDs every once in a while. <laughs> That's how you know I'm getting old. <laughs> Sit awesome. your butts down. We're going to watch how some good quarterbacking's done here. Yeah. Good. And then they start trying, whatever. You know, yeah. we want to beat Alabama, don't we? We want to beat them. Who was the last? Let me ask you this trivia question, Mark. Who's the last quarterback to beat Alabama from Tennessee? Yep. Eric Ainge. Ainge. He didn't answer because he wasn't sure he was going to uh, It's just, it's depressing at this Until point. At least we find, at least we finally got the Florida, the Florida one. Yeah, because before Florida, yes, before was, we beat it, it was him. Was so at one right. point, I would always tell people, Eric's the last quarterback to beat Florida and Alabama. And I have the ticket stubs from both. And Philip Fulmer signed the Alabama one, but you never did. So I'm going to have to bring that to you. So I've got Philip Fulmer's. I, I was there. I was at both. I of still have my, uh, both of my. Alabama cigars from those two victories. That's awesome. You didn't smoke them? Mm-mm. Good. No, I got an extra one. Oh, okay. 
Cool. That team. Thanks, Sandman. There may be some. Never mind. I'm not going to say that. But guys, um, statute of limitations has passed. You're good. (laughs) This is. You're good. Lower that interest rate for me. You're good. (laughs) They can't do anything about it. This has been a great show, and Eric, we appreciate you coming on. We know that you end your show and you came right over and spent a whole other hour with us. Uh, It really means a lot to us. Thank you, Mark, for putting it together. Thanks for having me, guys. Yes, absolutely. So this weekend we have UTEP. Want to see a big orange caravan of people coming out and. And hopefully we'll get some victories that we shouldn't have. And hopefully we'll have another Vol Nation series before the end of the year. Guys, we'll see you next time right here on The Housing Hour. That's The Housing Hour with Kevin Ray for today. Join Kevin and his guests each week at this time to keep up with the why and why not you need to know, so come here to find out. Also, check us out at thehousinghour.com. This show is presented by Mortgage Investors Group.